1: This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at SportsHistoryNetwork.com.
0: Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. The world will always look back on the Summer Games of 1972. Outstanding performances, considerable controversy and great tragedy make it so. The 1972 Summer Games are the first Olympic Games I can remember watching. The 1972 Games were in Munich, West Germany. The last Olympics to be held in Germany were in 1936 in Berlin. Those Olympics had a dark cloud hanging over them as Adolf Hitler and his Nazis were about to start the Second World War. Things would be different this time. 36 years later, the 1972 Games had a hopeful motto, the Cheerful Games. Little did anyone know that the 1972 Summer Olympics would be anything but cheerful. Things started cheerful enough. Soviet gymnast Olga Korbut became a media sensation after winning a gold medal in the team competition event. She also won gold in the balance beam and the floor exercise. The 17-year-old Corbett captured the hearts of the world and was nicknamed the Sparrow from Minsk. In swimming American, Mark Spitz won seven gold medals and broke seven world records. He built on what he had done four years earlier, winning gold twice in the 1968 Olympics. Spitz's Olympic record, winning gold seven times, stood until 2008, when Michael Phelps surpassed him by winning eight gold medals. Another storyline of 1972 was when Rick DeMont of the United States Had his gold medal stripped in the 400-meter freestyle swimming, Dimont tested positive for traces of the banned substance ephedrine. Even though he had declared the medication properly on his medical disclosure form, the punishment included banning Dimont from swimming and other events that year including the 1,500-meter freestyle for which he was the then current world record holder. There are positive stories, too, though. Australian swimmer jingled with five medals. Gold three times, plus silver and a bronze. Gold was a teenager at the time, only 15 years old. And USA wrestler Dan Gable won gold in the 67 and a half kilo 148 pound class without having a single point scored against him no other athlete has ever accomplished that feat in olympic wrestling perhaps the oddest circumstance happened when the favorites in the 100 meter run american world record holders eddie hart and ray robinson didn't show up for their quarterfinal heats. Sprint coach Stan Wright had been given the wrong starting time. Instead of participating, they viewed TV coverage of what they thought were replays of their preliminary morning races. Realizing that they were watching live coverage instead, the athletes rushed to the stadium but it was too late. A third athlete, Robert Taylor, made it just in time and took home the silver medal. Soviet Valeriy Borzov won the gold in the men's 100- and 200-meter run. Renate Stetcher of East Germany won the gold in the women's 100- and 200-meter run. More controversy emerged in the pole vault competition, when the new catapole, used by defending champion Bob Segrin, an American, and Sweden's Kijel Asiksen, was judged illegal because it contained carbon fibers. Given substitute poles, Isaacson was eliminated after failing to succeed with a qualifying jump. Seagram meddled, but he didn't claim the top prize as expected, winning silver instead. A follow-up investigation revealed that the confiscated poles did not contain carbon fibers after all. The Soviet Union was expected to dominate in weightlifting as it had at the 1968 Olympics, but that didn't happen in the 90 kilo, 198 pound class. Top Soviet lifter David Rieger missed all three attempts in the snatch. That left the door open for Andon Nikolov of Bulgaria, who won gold, and the Bulgarian team went on to take the team title over the heavily favored Soviets. So distraught was Regert over his failure that he banged his head against the wall backstage and had to be restrained by coaches. Those were just some of the experiences in 1972 as millions of spectators were enthralled by the intense competition. But then the unthinkable happened Before dawn on September 5th, a Palestine terrorist group broke into the Olympic village and took hostage 11 Israeli athletes, coaches, and team officials. Two of the hostages were killed, and a standoff in the Olympic village lasted for almost 18 hours. A botched rescue attempt followed, and the result was devastating. The remaining Israeli hostages were killed. Dan Gable remembers the time in his book, A Wrestling Life. I awoke in my room at the Olympic Village to what I thought were firecrackers that turned out to be gunfire. When my parents were finally able to get a hold of me, I learned that one of the Israeli athletes killed in an attack was the wrestler Elizar Halfin, in my same weight class of 67 and a half kilos. We weren't friends, but I knew him, and he was an outstanding wrestler and a great person. I had a lot of respect for him. Suddenly, the entire sad situation hit too close to home. With all that was going on, my whole family headed back home to Iowa as soon as we were able. Being Jewish, swimmer Mark Spitz also left Munich before the closing ceremonies under the advice of Olympic officials, who feared he would be an additional target of those responsible for the Munich Massacre. How and why did this happen? It wasn't easy to wrap it around my ten-year-old mind. I didn't understand it any more than I understood the Holocaust. I had friends in school who were Jewish. My maternal grandparents and other relatives had left Germany for America shortly before the Nazi regime took over. How could anyone explain such hatred? All my mother could tell me was that hate was wrong, but it was a sad reality of living in this world. After much debate and disagreement, it was decided the Olympics would continue. There were many events that I had been looking forward to, but now sports seemed of little importance. But the games went on nonetheless. Just 34 hours after the senseless murders, Soviet strongman Vasily Alexiot won gold in the super heavyweight weightlifting competition. I remembered watching Alexeyev on the television show Wide World of Sports just two years earlier when he became the first man to clean and jerk 500 pounds. I looked forward to watching him lift in the Olympics, but now with much less enthusiasm than before the murders. In boxing, Cuba was dominant, winning three gold medals, one silver and a bronze. Heavyweight Teofilo Stevenson of Cuba won the first of his three gold medals, the other two coming in the 1976 and 1980 Olympics. The track and field events resumed on September 9th. Frank Shorter, born in Munich, became the first American in 64 years to win the Olympic marathon. As Shorter was nearing the stadium, A German student entered the stadium wearing a track uniform, joined the race, and ran the last kilometer. The crowd, unaware of what had happened, began cheering him before officials realized the hoax, and security escorted the student off the track. Arriving just seconds later, Shorter was perplexed to see someone ahead of him and hear the fans booing him. Shorter then realized that the boos were directed not at him, but at the student being escorted away. Then there was what is the most controversial game in the history of international basketball. The United States lost to the Soviet Union in the men's final. The US team appeared to have won by a score of 50 to 49. However, the final three seconds of the game were replayed repeatedly three times until the Soviet team came out on top 51-50 on a layup at the buzzer. Feeling that they were cheated a victory, the U.S. team refused to accept their silver medals, which remained held in a vault in Switzerland. The basketball game was the fourth incident in which American athletes were denied gold medals under suspicious circumstances, including the disqualification of DeMont, missed heats by Hart and Robinson, and the illegal vaulting pole found later to be legal. Many years later, I competed in the David Berger Memorial Weightlifting Meet. In Queens, New York. Berger was a weightlifter and one of the athletes killed at the 1972 Munich Games. I didn't know much about Berger initially, but I learned that he had lived in New York for a brief time. In speaking to some of the people who knew him and trained with him, I learned how well liked and respected he was. After that, I made it a point to compete in the David Berger Memorial every year. It was an honor to do so. If you want to learn more about the 1972 Summer Olympics, get a free one-week subscription to newspapers.com by visiting sportshistorynetwork.com newspapers. And with a paid subscription, will also be helping to support the production of this and other Sports History Network shows at SportsHistoryNetwork.com slash newspapers.
1: This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at SportsHistoryNetwork.com.